My name is Melissa Cantero, and I'm the Senior Product Marketing Manager at Iron Mountain, as well as a Master's Candidate in Environmental Sustainability at Harvard University. I have with me today two experts in their respective fields. Kevin Hagen is the Vice President of Environmental Social Governance at Iron Mountain, and Brooks Hoffman is the Principal of Secure IT Asset Disposition at Iron Mountain. Welcome. Thanks, Melissa. It's a pleasure to be here, and thank you for having me. Thanks, Melissa. Appreciate being here. Today, we're going to focus on some of the specific challenges that healthcare and life sciences organizations face in managing their environmental footprint, particularly in how to manage their electronics. So to get us started, can you give us a better understanding of the current landscape of sustainability and how organizations are starting to think about it? The stereotype has been that it's either or. You either do the right thing or you do the business thing. I think that is completely changing. Where we are today is that stakeholders expect us to be thinking about how we're doing everything to essentially use the power of enterprise to solve problems. And I think that's really what really shifts the mentality around how we approach everything we do from social justice issues to community engagement to environmental integrity approaching business challenges through the lens of environmental social governance metrics and process has really helped us see that it's not about trade-offs. It's really about rethinking challenges so that we get more of both, more environmental performance, more social impact, and more business performance all at the same time. Organizations like Healthcare Without Harm, for example, have existed for some time, rallying the troops and helping folks think about how to do things differently, But even among the leaders, today we're seeing higher expectations and a moving target from investors to customers to consumers to suppliers to prospective employees. The pressures on all of us to be part of the solution are increasing and the penalties for being perceived as being part of the problem are also increasing. So we've got this great opportunity for us and I think it's, uh, it represents some, some great opportunity for organizations like ours. As these environmental issues become more mainstream, we keep hearing terms like zero waste and the circular economy. Can you define what these are? The idea that what if we've got all the stuff we need right here already, we just have to stop destroying it. What we have to do is keep reusing it. And I think the seminal work in this space was written um, by William McDonough and Michael Braungarten a few years back. It's called Cradle to Cradle. And I think it provides sort of that framework, the thinking around how to think about keeping the stuff we've got in circulation. The problem is that often we engineer products, material science, so that it can't be reused very well. So we have to think end to end. It's a systems thinking problem. It's a whole ecosystem that needs to be adjusted so that we design things, so that we can use them all. And then at the end of their life, they repurpose into something just as useful. And I think that's the, that's the new thinking that really applies to the whole space. What are some of the unique challenges that healthcare organizations face in trying to think about mitigating waste and implement a circular economy? Just by nature of the way we do healthcare and provide healthcare services, we produce a lot of waste. And, you know, unfortunately, in addition to a lot of waste, there's a lot of risks associated with personal information. 
you know, the information space is overlapped with the stuff space in in the uh, in the healthcare industry a lot, from our n- names and data being printed on things, all the way to the digital information that exists within the organization. And let's not forget, taking care of people's personal information is considered a social responsibility of business. Right? Not only is there a compliance and there's HIPAA and there's all the things that we have a compliance or issue around, it's a social responsibility to care for people's information. So this overlap of data privacy, data information, and materials and material space is an important overlap, especially in the healthcare space. And I think it presents some unique challenges that we can learn a lot from. And I think that there's some opportunities to do better at. So industries across many different sectors are pushing toward zero waste or circular economy. And many of them are shifting to more of a digital way of operating than physical. So taking patient information digitally versus having them fill out forms. So while it may seem like moving in a digital direction um, is going to help mitigate some waste, there's environmental issues that often go unnoticed. So Brooks, can you talk to us a little bit about the rising concern about electronics that are no longer needed by an organization? Sure, I think it'd be helpful to start perhaps by defining what e-waste is. E-waste really uh, is conceptually, it's all the end of life IP assets. And I think it comes with the connotation that none of these assets have value, that they're junk, that they're, they're part of a waste management program. It's things like laptops, PCs, cell phones, and tablets. And specific to the healthcare industry, things like lab analyzers, EKG monitors, and imaging equipment like x-ray machines, CT scanners, MRIs, et cetera. It's a very significant concern and impacts all industries and including the healthcare space. Uh, to give you a sense of the scope of the problem, in 2019, 54 million tons of e-waste were generated worldwide. And that number is is projected to grow to 75 million tons by 2030 if current trends continue. IT asset disposition is really much broader than that. It encompasses the notions of data privacy and ensuring data security because a lot of these assets have data on them that needs to be eradicated. And it also recognizes that some of the assets will have end-of-life value. So they can either be repurposed within the organization, donated to charity, or remarketed to third parties. So IT asset disposition is really part of the overall IT asset management lifecycle. It's not just a waste management program. It's more of a data privacy and sustainability program that also can lower the total cost of ownership of electronic assets. So Kevin alluded to the emphasis in the healthcare space of protecting patient information. Um, So can you talk to us a little bit about the specific challenges that healthcare and life sciences organizations face as they start to think about setting their environmental goals, managing their electronics and protecting patient information? The thing that's really relevant to the healthcare space is the rising trend of the internet of medical things. According to a study by Frost and Sullivan in 2020, it was predicted to be the year that there'd be up to 30 billion connected medical devices in the healthcare ecosystem. So given how much we know about the impact of e-waste on the planet and on human health, we really need to start prioritizing e-waste 
is a stream that must be immediately managed proactively and in a sustainable manner. So Kevin, a big part of um, when organizations are starting to get their arms wrapped around their setting environmental goals and keeping track of them and working toward those goals, a lot of that depends on data and trying to make sure they have actionable data that they can use in their reporting. So what challenges do healthcare organizations face in trying to understand the impact of their e-waste and how to start managing it? Data is critical to real change management. And it's all sort of emotional and arm-waving. Everybody cares. And then you get the data and you can really understand what's happening. In the waste space, it's probably one of the most difficult spaces so far around gathering good data. Uh, You know, energy, at least we knew there was a meter someplace we went to go find. Um, In the waste space, it's tough. And even the process of collecting waste not only is happening in volumes or in dumpsters or in crushers or in different places. Additionally, we have different waste streams leaving the building through different doors. So even when we go to figure out uh, who's got the numbers, sometimes that's even hard to figure out to begin with, uh, figuring out who's got all the data we need. Uh, at Iron Mountain, I, when one of the early uh, experiences I had implementing here at, in Iron Mountain was that we ended up with a waste stream with a, with a recycle rate of like 10%, which is terrible. This is awful. And like 30% is national average. So how are we going backwards so hard? Finally figured out that one of the heaviest things in our waste stream was paper. And we have, for data security purposes, a shred all policy within all of our mountain facilities. So that means all paper from all the offices has to go into a shred bin. The shred bins we're leaving via the Iron Mountain truck, not via the waste truck. And so when I was gathering the data and the folks put put together all the information, what we quickly realized was the paper, heaviest thing perhaps in in our office waste stream, wasn't in the numerator or the denominator of our data because it wasn't being captured at all. So scratch my head, point my finger at myself, and go figure out how to get that data from our own organization so that we can add it. And of course, that made all the difference. That proved that it's really hard to get good data for, for waste stream management. But it also said that our customers might be having a similar challenge. So whether it's our paper shredding business whether it's our electronic management and end of life for for electronics, there's probably a lot of opportunity for us to help our customers with data that can help them see better into what's going on in their organization. What are some of the specific environmental concerns that we have with not properly managing e-waste? Yeah, in order to really talk about that, I think you kind of have to divide it into two topics. One is production, and then the other is disposition. On the production side, a lot of electronic devices are built with short refresh cycles in mind on a very large scale, uh, and that increases the consumption of our limited natural resources. So this planned obsolescence, getting people to buy the newest and best thing every two or three years when an item might still have remaining useful life is a real drain on the environment. So sensitive design, environmental design that that can prolong the useful life of equipment and make it easier to recycle that equipment when it does reach its end of life is very important. I'd also mention that you know e-waste often contains 
precious minerals, uh, things like gold, silver, copper, iron, and platinum. You know, when these items are dumped or burned, um, as opposed to being collected for recycling, that precious metals is, is wasted. Um, in fact, there's a report uh, that came out recently called Poor Sustainability Practices, um, in which it estimated that only a quarter of end-of-life uh, IT equipment is being uh, recycled. So when you consider that number, the value of the material alone is $62.5 billion a year, which is really a mind-blowing statistic. In fact, according to the World Economic Forum, there's more gold in a metric ton of mobile phones than there is in a metric ton of gold ore. So the process of mining these precious metals, which continue to grow in scarcity, also can cause significant damage to the environment. As I mentioned earlier, there are 54 million tons of electronic waste created in 2019 alone. And that's a 21% increase over the past five years. And again, it left unabated, uh, you know, that, that number could grow to as much as 74 million tons by 2030. So as these devices are disposed of, and if they're disposed of improperly, chemicals and compounds, some of them toxic, seep into the environment, further fueling the climate crisis with their pollution. In the UN's research, it said proper e-waste can help mitigate global warming by reducing greenhouse gas emissions. Despite that fact, only about 20% of electronic waste is being collected and recycled at the present time. What's interesting is we talk a lot about how bad e-waste is for the environment and for human health and um, healthcare organizations are and life sciences organizations are in a unique position where their responsibility is to care for people and um, create vaccines and, and help make people get better, yet they might not have a sense of how their e-waste is damaging the environment. Do we know uh, what the impact on human health is when we don't properly manage e-waste? You know, the environmental impacts of e-waste is certainly a concern, but we don't want to underestimate human impacts. Certainly, it's an environmental challenge, but the heavy metals associated with e-waste getting into the uh, groundwater or into the public is a real challenge that I think we need to address, especially when e-waste often ends up in underdeveloped areas where the controls are minimal and we have challenges around social link consequences and social issues. Interesting. Okay. I'd like to ask one more question before we wrap up this first part of our sustainability podcast. What makes a good IT asset disposition program? What would that look like? A really well-designed and executed IT asset disposition program encompasses a couple different aspects. I would say the first and most important is it involves multiple stakeholders within an organization. It's not just a function of IT or a function of procurement or finance. Um, it really it really cuts across the entire organization and has input from from multiple stakeholders. The second aspect is having good visibility and governance over the process. So understanding what assets you have, where they're located, uh, what where the data resides, and where things are in terms of the IT asset lifecycle is very important because if you understand these things, uh, you really can start planning the disposition 
the optimization of the disposition of your assets in order to maximize their end-of-life assets and also to make sure that things aren't sort of piling up and getting stockpiled and you know being extended past their their useful life the third uh, sort of leg of the stool i think is to have a very good partnership with an IT asset disposition firm that can ensure secure chain of custody throughout the entire disposition process, that can remarket the assets that have remaining end-of-life useful value, um, and then are going to dispose of those assets that don't have remaining useful life in a secure and environmentally sensitive manner. So you want to look for third-party certifications, you want to look for business practices like, uh, you know, uh, locked facilities, cameras, uh, alarms, uh, good employee uh, health and safety practices, and and vetting of employees through, you know, in, uh, background checks, criminal background checks, drug testing, etc., so that um, you know all aspects of their business practices really comply with industry best practices and, and uh, laws and guidelines that govern this sort of activity. Well, that's the end of part one of our conversation. Please join us for part two, where we'll dive deeper into e-waste solutions that healthcare and life sciences organizations can begin incorporating into how they operate.